Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January 21st, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well and good spirits. Um, as for me, I'm doing pretty fucking good. Uh, I was very productive this morning, um, afternoon, I guess, yeah, we're at now for this uh, Saturday. I got my laundry done, I got my groceries done. I also got some donuts. Uh, shout out to Jupiter Donuts. Um, I got a coconut chocolate, like iced uh, coconut uh, donut. Then I got a pecan cinnamon roll with some kind of drizzle on it. I think it was like caramel and icing or something like that. And then I also got a, it might have been a fried cinnamon roll. Uh, yeah, I think it was fried. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, so it was yummy, yummy and a chocolate milk. I will say I probably should have got a coffee because I've been a little tired. I'm a little sleepy, but you know, we might take a little nap after this, but we'll see. See how the day goes. Um, but what else we got there, here, there, um, not too much else in the food corner, honestly. Um, but I do have a little treat for the both of us, for, for myself and for you, listener, Newsy, potentially. Um, I found out about freeze-dried candy, I think, what was it? Uh, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was literally this week. Uh, I'd never heard about it before, and the first thing I saw were, were Skittles, freeze-dried Skittles. I found out that you can, there's other candies and stuff you can do this too. I guess they freeze it, like they deep freeze it or something, and then they heat it back up or something like that. And then that makes them all like, like I'll describe it to you, like, because essentially I got some sour Skittles, um, but they're Friedels. Um, and this is from Salt City treats uh, and these are freeze freeze dried sour friedels clever um five ounce bag uh, i got it off of amazon for way too fucking much but i mean hey it's expensive i guess for the process maybe i don't know whatever um but yeah i mean essentially like they look like a skittle but they're just exploded so i'm very interested to see how they're gonna taste so i'm gonna go ahead and open them up do a little live tasting here. Um, get a color I like. Um, preferably red. I'm a red red guy for sure when it comes to these. Oh my gosh, I got like powder on my hands. Mm. I'm going to level with you. I don't like this. I'm going to try one more. But I'm thinking I'm oversold here. I think I was sold uh, some bunkum. Okay. I'm going to describe it to you guys. So, it is really crunchy. And it's like this whole process, it turns a candy that normally would take like multiple bites into like a chip. And you just bite it and it's like, oh wow, you just, mm, is this a different sensation? That's really interesting, but I don't like it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I I spent $10 on these motherfuckers. Five-ounce bag, whatever. I'll eat them. I'll finish this, I think. But give me my normal sour skills, please. I like the chew. Yeah, like, the chew is really important. So, hmm, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll try them some more. I'll, I'll, I'll work this out, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. A little disappointed. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's get into some news. Sorry I kept you waiting. Um, from the AFP, Italy catches fugitive mafia boss Messina Denaro. So this was like pretty much a big godfather moment, you could really say. Um, let's see. Um, I think his first name is Matteo. Matteo. Um, yeah, Matteo Messina Denaro, who is 60, year, 60 years old now. Um, he was arrested on Monday. Um, he was essentially look, he was, um, getting care for, um, his, I think like colon cancer or something like that. Yeah. So they really kind of, I guess, caught him with his trousers down in a way. Um, when they came to look for him, he immediately said, you know, who he was. Um, but let's see, um, let's read a little bit from the article. A ruthless operator who once reportedly boasted he could fill a cemetery with his victims. Um, which is a pretty bold statement to make. Um, I will highlight something that he was, like, implicated in. That was pretty gruesome. Um, extremely dangerous. Okay, we continue the story. Here we go. Um, Messina Denaro was convicted in absentia of being behind the 1993 bombings in Rome, Milan, and Florence that killed 10 people just months after Cosa Nostra murdered anti-mafia bosses, or anti-mafia judges, Giovanni Falcone, or Falcone, and Paolo Borsanello um, in similar attacks. He was also convicted for the murder of a teenager who was strangled and dissolved in acid after his father turned state witness. So that's, like, really fucking macabre. Um, I mean, that literally is the kind of shit that you just, you kind of, like, it, it adds to the mythos, you know, that is, like, what the mafia is, what the mob is. Um, that being said, I mean, you really are just arresting a 60-year-old at this point. It's not like you are um, turning any tables, really changing anything. It, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying, like, oh, okay, I mean, you know, you make the arrest, you do the thing, you get the headlines, whatever. But um, I think apparently, like, a lot of the, the hub that is, like, the um, mafia activity is kind of moved. Um, let's see, there's another bit here. Fred, Fred, Federico Varisi, a criminology professor at Oxford University, said the fact that Sicilian mob families are weaker these days than their counterparts in Calab Calabria or Campania uh, may have helped in Messina's Denaro's capture. So essentially they had more time to kind of focus on him in this area but essentially they're saying because the activity has moved to other places and this guy's just hanging out now it's not like he's doing anything um but yeah i mean either way i get it it's good to get and um i mean I, I guess he's gonna spend the rest of his life behind bars you got him cue, cue the the music i don't know the, whatever the music was in the godfather <laughs> i can't replicate it um 
Let's see here. Where are we at? Let's move along. Yahoo Finance. Microsoft to cut 10,000 jobs as PC sales cloud growth declines. I'll also go ahead and read this other article. It's kind of a little bit of a meld here. Google, um, this is from Engadget. Google is laying off 12,000 employees. So, I mean, essentially, it's it's more layoffs from the tech sector. Um, they have their reasons here. Um, a lot of AI talk is involved, um, which I think is a little bit of a cop-out. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think the future of AI is going to be um, replacing some minor jobs. Um, essentially, a lot of, like, task-type things where it's like, hey – like assemble all these little sheets and get all these things like make sure they're all filled out like you can have an ai do that or you're getting we're getting to the point where you can um i think a lot of tech sector places are going to be focusing on that um i know i haven't talked too much about like chat gpt on the podcast it's something that has been going around people are really talking about it i don't know if you've heard of it yourself but essentially, it is something, it is like um, uh, technology, an AI technology that you can literally have it type out whole things for you. You can say, hey, make me a poem or a song in Shakespearean dialect or whatever. And it can do that. Um, it can be like, hey, write me a essay, an essay like... Um, Langston Hughes, I don't know, you can plug in anything you want and this thing can pretty much spit it out. Um, You can even Google your problems through it in a way. Like you can have it do like self-help assessments. Now, granted, I personally do not believe too much in this specific AI software, whatever, because I mean, it can also get like simple math problems wrong, you know? It's just one of those things where it can siphon all this information and spit out a thing for you, but it's still not a human being at the end of the day. Um, that being said, the focus is definitely showing that like this is the future. Um, Microsoft has invested in like the, the chat GPT thing. Um, the people who made that software got like a big investment from Microsoft. So, I mean, people are definitely hedging their bets towards it. Oh, excuse me. But... I think it's one of those things where they're kind of doing a little bit of cop-out here. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about layoffs. I mean, a little bit. We've talked a decent amount about layoffs last year. Um, it's it's continuing now. But it, it, you definitely see that it's focused in the tech sector. And I think that's important to note. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not an a, a economist. I'm not, you know, I'm not versed in this shit in any kind of way. I'm just looking at the shit. But um, I'm not saying, oh, I think it's weird. I think it's one of those things where I think people in the tech sector are quote-unquote taking advantage of a situation where you know that there's supposed to be a recession coming, there's supposed to be layoffs coming, and you kind of want to downsize the staff that you bulked up on in the middle of the you know pandemic in 2020. Or leading up to that because you just had growth and it looked like it made sense to do. Um, I think in a lot of ways, 
the tech sector, like there's no unions in tech. It's, it's, it really is the wild west in a lot of ways. And it regulates itself as it sees fit. And that's company to company to company. And I think when one company does a big move, like cutting staff and, and consolidating, other companies want to follow suit because why not? Like, why not tighten the ship and just get by with less? It's almost that that running thing that they go back to their origin story. And like, well, we kind of just made this off of like, you know, a small group of people until we got bought out. And it's like, but yeah, at the end of the day, these are people's lives that, you know, are invested in this company. Like the company is supposed to be invested in them. But it seems like you're just going to throw them away, which, you know, obviously really fucking sucks. Um, I don't know. Layoffs are weird, right? I, I, um, I know my my dad, he had went through a layoff and that shit was rough on, you know, he and I when we were growing up. I remember that that phase. Um, I also think about it just in my job. Luckily, where I work, quote unquote, there aren't hasn't been any layoffs or anything like that. But at the same time, I see how the hiring process works year to year, how the churn works year to year, and I see where they're getting over. Um, so every company has their ways of getting by and getting through. But I definitely think that you don't have to have mass layoffs. And I think a company like this was just worrying about trying to maximize and secure their profits that they were, quote unquote, losing. But they've been making a ton along the way that it's like, come on, you guys are still making money. But um, it's definitely sad to see. Um, but in the sense of the uh, the Google or Alphabet, which is the uh, parent company, um, I did get to read that they are doing like immigration support um, to those who are affected, which is something that I remember hearing about in a wave of layoffs. Um, I was listening like to BBC News or whatever, and they were just talking about how people who literally were immigrating. And they had tech knowledge, tech skills. They get into a job, and then now they're at this point where they're doing layoffs, and they're like, this is going to change everything for me. This isn't just losing a job. This is losing my place in America. Um, I want to say it was the during the Twitter shit, that that that, that wave of layoffs. Um, so, I mean, I, that was something that I was like, I couldn't even put myself in that, that, that mental space. That would, that would ruin me. I mean, like, it's devastating. So it's cool that at least you hear here that there's some assistance to people in that kind of situation. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't think that uh, in other sectors of labor, um, there hasn't been big waves of layoffs. There hasn't been a lot of job loss, honestly. It's been pretty much consolidated to the tech sector. Um, some people are saying, oh, it's canary in the coal mine. Other people are saying, no, that's kind of on fucking tech. That's kind of the issue there. So, I mean, time will tell. We'll see. Um, let's see. And some more action. We'll move along. Um, in Reuters. we oh, got a burp coming. Sorry. Oh, I think I got it. Um, trade unions call for more strikes over Macron's pension reform so we got some france news some french news wait oui, wait oui. monsieur <laughs> um but there have been protests um taking place over um the government's desire to raise the retirement age um from 62 to 64 
which is a big fucking deal. It, I will say, though, I, I make this joke at work a lot with, like, some of the older guys that, like, their time and age might as well already be, like, 60 fucking five. Um, I only say that, and I, I, I think that way because I went, like, I witnessed, you know, once again, referencing my pops, my dad. Um, he had to retire a little bit early. Um like, I want to say it was, like, he started, maybe started the phase in 61, but, like, it wound up being around 62. So, anyway, he retires, and you see the amount of money you get when you retire at 62, and it is not much. So, I think, I believe, my, my knowledge that I'm kind of gleaning back on, if you hang out longer, you hang tough for longer, you potentially get to get out more money in, like, multiples of X amount of years or what have you. So I always joke that, I mean, America, you know, here, we're already being coaxed and pushed to stay on the workforce as long as possible, to get milk every day for as long as fucking possible. So I, I almost wasn't even surprised to hear this, but I'm glad to see that people in France are like, no, fuck that. We're hitting the fucking streets. Um, also, this is a bit anecdotal. I'm not sure if it's like 100% confirmed. I, I saw it on Twitter, but um, there's a there's a like a video of like there's a tram system, rail system, whatever goes through the city, and people attached a grill to it. Like you could like put a grill on the rails, and they have this set up, and they were grilling food and sliding it down the rail, and people could eat. While they were like protesting. And I thought that was fucking litty bro. And I'm like yes. This is the city that does it. This is the city that flips it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was just like this is Tale of Two Cities in 2023. And I'm here for it. Um, like I said. You know I love a good protest. It's 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 definitely in my like top five reasons for doing this shit. Is to like talk about this kind of shit. Um, so yeah. I mean I think. In, I guess in the government's eyes, whatever they're like, this is a necessary evil. It has to happen. In the eyes of the people in the union, they're like, no, you could take the money from the rich. You could tax them instead of making us work longer for the rich. Like, why? Like, why are you trying to make us work longer? We don't, we can't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I and it, and it makes me think and wonder um how that would go here in america i, I don't know I, I really don't know i i my personal opinion what i think i think we would honestly take it lying down because i think we'd find a way to lobby that up and have it in so that it's like oh, i mean yeah you can retire at 62 and just die like i said you're literally getting fucking nothing so like you know, at least in France, you're always going to have healthcare. Like, that's like a universal fucking thing. Here, nah, nigga, you on your own. <laughs> if, you, if you're fucking 60-whatever and you break your leg, ha, good luck. Good luck. Those hospital bills are real. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do and you, you hang tough. Um, That's kind of the, the spirit here in the States. And I think that that it's it's interesting to see it somewhere else and people are like you want us to do this for another two years go fuck yourself um so yeah i mean obviously i'm sending my support my good vibes my energy um but yeah 
definitely we'll keep you posted on that shit um let's see let me take my break here i'll finish it off Ooh. Ooh. Okay. From the Guardian. Um some New Zealand news. Chris Hipkins set to become next prime minister of New Zealand. So, Jacinda Arden who is the current prime minister. Um, She is currently 42. Um, I believe she got elected in 2017. So she was like kind of really considered a young gun. It was very trailblazing for a woman uh, to, who was also young to be, you know, a prime minister. Also, I listened to a little bit of like a bio once again from the BBC where they were covering her a little for a little quick bit. Um, she was a DJ or is a DJ and then also I believe is a single parent mother. And so, I mean, these are all things, you know, people were talking about, you know, you know, considering her, you know, I guess she really came on the scene as a darling and she, um, handled the COVID situation. And in my opinion, she handled the COVID situation well. I, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you're new to the podcast, whatever, if, if it were me, I would have definitely opted in for, especially in the beginning when the shit fucking hit to have a lockdown policy, not something that was just a month, but something that actually was real and like allowed us time to get a vaccine in place, to get something set up and then, you know, let people out hopefully this is going to work and things are going to be good. But the problem is we definitely all realized that COVID wasn't just going to go away. And that also a one vaccine wasn't going to just knock it out. So, you know, New Zealand adapted and, you know, we are, where we are, are now. And honestly, I remember cause I had a friend who moved to New Zealand. So I was getting a little bit of like trickle information in there and, actually hearing that there really wasn't any cases popping off back then and, you know, actually hearing my friend talk about that, I was like, that's crazy. That's awesome. But I mean, eventually COVID just came for everyone, came on, you know, everywhere. So it came all over the place. But, um, she caught a lot of flack for that. Um, obviously in the same way that in China, people were like, we do not want to be locked down. We hate this. And also you can say, um, what Australia had the same situation, um, in the UK, um, any place that opted for a stricter, um, lockdown policy, it was looked at with massive disdain. Um, I mean, that's, that's the main reason it got Bojo. Uh, he enacted a stiff policy and then literally wouldn't follow it himself. And then and people in his party weren't following it themselves and they got fucking roasted for it. Out of, completely out of office for the most part, you know? So, I mean, the shit matters. And I think... Arden did a really good job, but I think she's, you know, she came out in a statement that she's burnt out, she's done, and um, I think effective, like, February, I think maybe the 7th or 6th, something like that, she is going to be, you know, no longer prime minister. So they were scrambling in New Zealand to figure out who they were going to have, 
to at least hold down the fort till I believe elections in October of this year. So Chris Hopkins, ha- or I'm sorry, I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, Chris Hipkins um, has stepped up to the plate. Um, he's definitely an interesting fellow. Um, I do have a little bit of information here. I got to get some scrolling here. Here we go. Um, speaking of COVID, and because he was also in charge of the enforcement of the policy. Um, in one COVID era gaffe, he became a meme after encouraging New Zealanders to go outside and spread their legs in a national announcement. Yeah, I couldn't imagine hearing that on like an actual just like, oh shit, this is the state talking. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the country talking. Like, what the what the hell? Um, and then also, I had to look this up after I read it. Last year, he bemused internet observers with a birthday cake constructed entirely of sausage rolls. Now, maybe you hear that and you go, that sounds fucking weird and disgusting. But if you see it, it's just a little weird. It's not so disgusting. It really looks like a layered cake, almost like it, like a pastry style thing. And there's just like meat in it. And it's like just stacked on itself. And it actually is pretty cute. I would say once I saw the full version of it, though, I was like, oh, that's way too much. I just would want, like, one slice of that, period. I wouldn't want to make all of that. Like, that's a lot of sausage. But, um, I mean, hey, go off. He looked like he was really enjoying eating eating them rolls. He was, he was eating them sausages. Um, <laughs> and there's some more to do here. I don't know. This is kind of a little bit of a sleepy read. But, um... Wanted to cover it. It was in the the whole news thing, so I wanted to get that out there. But um, thank you for tuning in. That's pretty much all I got. Um, let's see. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. If you would like to contribute to the effort, um, get you bonus episodes. Also gets you Discord access. Also get you a shout-out once a month um in a plug you know if you want to plug something you're doing or you know whatever you want me to talk about a news thing i'm down to do that um also isaiah news one at gmail.com and um facebook twitter you know how to find me um that's all i got so hopefully i see you soon for some more good news i love you bye-bye